God is good, isn't He? All the time. Amen. I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of John this morning. John chapter 10 is where we're going to be. If you want to turn to John and then stick a finger or a marker there and you could turn over to Psalm 23. We're going to be looking at both of these passages a little bit closer today. And I promise you, uh, we are continually working on our sound issues. We are not ignoring it. We're trying to figure out what's going on. So I appreciate your grace and your patience in that in these days and weeks ahead. You guys just signal to me if I need to switch over to handheld, okay? Um, but I'm thankful that you're here today. I want to, if you're on our email list, uh, you got an email this week that was telling you about an opportunity we have to bless a special family in our church. And uh, many of you, I'm sure, have heard at this point in time about the tragedy that has happened at the DeVries household with their shop burning down. The church board has met and they decided that they want to uh, invite the entire church uh, to bless this family in a special way. And so we've asked their permission uh, to announce this publicly. And uh, we are going to be taking a special love offering for the DeVries family next Sunday morning. Uh, if you're planning to give in that, in that offering, and you're going to write a check, we want to ask you to write that check to the church and mark it in the memo line DeVries offering, and we will make sure that we write them one check from the church. But we want to bless this special family uh, and help them through these next few days and this next season of life uh, as they are such a valuable part of our family. We love you guys, and we're so thankful for you. And uh, so be praying about how God would uh, invite you to bless them in these next few weeks. If you want to give today so you don't forget about it, you can drop it in the offering box as you leave today, and uh, you can do that as well. So thank you for your prayerful consideration for this special time as well. We're looking forward to blessing them. John chapter 10, we're going to be continuing our series today on the I Am series. And uh, we talked last week that Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And we learned that if my God can defeat death, my God can do anything. Amen? Would you say that with me? If my God can defeat death, say that. If my God defeat death, very good. My God can do anything. I'm going to need your help today, so uh, be ready. Don't fall asleep on me. I'm going to need your help today, uh, but I appreciate that. If my God can defeat death, my God can do anything. We see in Scripture that Jesus also said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I am the gate. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the vine. He said so many of these statements. Pastor Greg's going to continue this series next week, and he's going a different direction that the Lord's leading him, and I'm excited for that as well, because he, God also said that I am. I am. Amen? So we're looking forward to what God's going to do in that as well. But today we're going to look at another statement that is more closely from John's gospel the good news of the gospel according to John and Jesus' life. And from John chapter 10, verse 11, we see that Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. When Jesus says that he is the good shepherd, it is black and white, it is red, if you have a, a red uh, letter translation there in your Bible, in your scripture, but there's times in Scripture where we not only have to read the black and white or the red and the lines on the page, but there's times where we have to read between the lines to understand the full message of what Jesus or what the Lord is trying to teach us. 
in this statement, he says, I am the good shepherd, probably connotates that there is a bad shepherd as well. Or there are bad people that are trying to get the sheep. So this passage of Scripture unpacks this reality a little bit more. And I want us to walk through this this morning and talk about this a little bit. John chapter 10, verse 1, we see these words. It says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, this would be the bad person trying to get the sheep, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. I want you to know this morning that if Jesus says, I am the good shepherd then the thief and the robber is our spiritual enemy. Amen? That spiritual enemy is very clear. That spiritual enemy has a name. So we're going to name him today. The thief and the robber is Satan. The thief and the robber is Satan. And one thing we get from this passage is not just what the, the good shepherd is. We also see the purpose of Satan. John chapter 10, verse 10 says, The thief, Satan's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus' purpose, the good shepherd, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Another translation says, I want to give them life to the fullest. Don't you want life to the fullest? Jesus isn't promising some prosperity gospel. If you follow him, everything's going to be good and rosy and, and, and peaches, as we have somebody on staff that says all the time. But it's going to be life to the fullest. Life to the fullest. Did you know that sheep are mentioned around 200 times in Scripture? 200 times. More than any other animal... In the Bible, sheep are mentioned 200 times. Does anybody know how many times dogs are mentioned in the Bible? Anybody? Good. That's why you guys have called me to be your pastor. You know, at least once. It's 44 times. 44 times that dogs are mentioned in the Bible. Now, for all you cat lovers. How many times are cats mentioned in the Bible? Zero. A lion. A lion is a cat, but lions are, are, we could go different ways here. Lion is, comes in like a roaring lion. It's referencing the enemy again, but then God is also referenced as a lion. So we got to be careful there that we're careful. But cats, C-A-T is not mentioned in the Bible. So there you go. Zero times. But sheep are mentioned 200 times. Here's the thing about sheep, though. Sheep are not very smart animals. In fact, they are downright dumb. Okay? Many times through Scripture, we're referenced as sheep. And I, as I was studying this week, I thought, wow, if we're referenced as sheep or we represent sheep, is God trying to insult us? Is He calling us dumb? Hmm. I don't believe He's calling us dumb or He's insulting us, but what he is doing in Scripture is he's reminding us that we have a need for a good shepherd. Amen? We are sheep that need a good shepherd. So I want us to look at some things about sheep that are a reality that we need to be aware of today. Four challenges of being a sheep. Four challenges of being a sheep. Stay with me. We're going to go through these pretty fast. Number one is this. Sheep get lost easily. 
Sheep get lost easily. Isaiah 53 says this, All we like sheep have gone astray. Sheep wander off and they get lost. Sheep don't know where to go unless somebody guides them. They're dumb. They get lost. Some of you and some of me are like sheep. We get lost. Don't look at your spouse and elbow them. We're not talking about the GPS or navigation. Sheep get lost easily. Number two, sheep are defenseless. Sheep are defenseless. Think about this. Most animals that God created, most creatures in creation, were given something in their creation as a defense mechanism. They were created, some with fangs, so they could bite, they could defend themselves with fangs. Some have claws, so they can defend themselves. Some even were created with wings, so when they're in a, in a threat, they can fly away. Beware, bad joke coming. Consider this your warning. Sheep are defenseless. All sheep were given were the ability to say, back off. Yeah, yeah, I, t- I warned you. I warned you it was coming. Sheep are defenseless. There's nothing they can do to defend themselves. Number three, sheep are very stubborn. Now, definitely don't elbow your, your neighbor, okay? Sheep are stubborn. Why did Jesus have to go rescue the one sheep that was caught in the bushes? Why did he have to go to the one lost sheep? They're stubborn because when sheep get lodged in somewhere, if if there's two rocks and they try to go through it, they get lodged in there. They get stuck. They're stubborn. Sheep don't have a reverse button. And so they're so stubborn that they keep thinking, I can just push through here. I can just move through here. And they continue to push through and hurt themselves. Why? Because they're stubborn. They don't have the awareness that they could go back the way they came and be fine. They're they're stubborn. They will keep pressing in and try to get through an obstacle, even though it will cause them to be hurt and possibly even to die. Some of us are like sheep that are stubborn. Some of us just keep pushing and pushing and pushing, and we don't realize when to stop. Number four. Sheep are filthy. Sheep are dirty, filthy animals. Sheep cannot and will not clean themselves. If you see a sheep that is white and fluffy, like you might see it on TV, or you might see a sheep that's all clean, it's because somebody power washed that animal. Sheep are filthy. Why don't they just jump in the stream and and, and clean themselves? Because think about it. If they jumped in the stream, if they wandered off and fell into the creek or the stream, it's just one big fluffy cotton ball floating down the stream. This is not good. Sheep are filthy. In other words, these downfalls, these challenges of being a sheep help us to realize that we have a need for a good shepherd. We have a need for Jesus. Amen? Jesus came to give us some good news, and I want to share that with you this morning. So let's unpack, what does the good shepherd do for us? The good shepherd, number one, first thing does is he guides. The good shepherd guides. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Psalm 23, verse 3. 
John 10, in John chapter 10, verses 3 and 4, it says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd. And the shepherd, they recognize his voice and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They follow him because they know his voice. You might be sitting there thinking, you know what? Why don't I hear Jesus's voice? Why don't I understand his voice? Or why don't I recognize his voice? I want to challenge us this morning. If we don't recognize the Lord's voice, it might be because we don't know him. It might be because we just don't know Jesus. Let me share this story with you. I, you got to see my beautiful bride this morning as she came up here and made me look so much better. Amen. But if I'm in a crowded room, if you're in a crowded room with about 50 women, 50 women, and they're all talking, right? They're all talking. 50 women. And I was to walk into that room with 50 women, and they're all talking. You can't understand a word that's saying. As soon as Alicia starts talking, I would know it's her. I could pick out her voice. I could understand her cadence, her, her rhythm, her, her tone. Why? Because I know my wife. Because I talk to my wife. Because I listen to my wife. Because I spend time with my wife. You see, why don't we understand or why can't we recognize Jesus' voice? It's because sometimes we're not spending enough time with him. You know, God speaks to us in very various ways. He speaks to us. Some people say, well, I can't hear his voice because God doesn't speak audibly. Well, I believe God can speak audibly. I believe he has spoken audibly. Does that his primary reason or his way? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not God, so I'm not going to put him in that box. But I do know this. God speaks through his word. God speaks when we pray to him. God speaks to you and you share that. God speaks to me and I share that. You see, God speaks in so many different ways. And when he speaks, he guides his people. He guides them. He leads them. So my challenge for us is, are we really listening for his voice? Have we gotten so busy that we don't recognize when he's trying to guide us? The scripture says Jesus calls his sheep by name. He knows you by name. He will call you by name and he will lead you out. He will lead you out of that circumstance. He will lead you into a blessing. He will lead you where he wants you to go. Jesus will guide you but you've got to be listening for it. You've got to be spending time with him. The good shepherd guides us. When we follow, it's because we know his voice and we will follow him. The good shepherd, he guides. Say it with me. He guides. Second thing the good shepherd does is he provides. He provides. Psalm 23, verses one through three. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. 
Let's unpack this a little bit. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I didn't realize this about sheep until I was studying it this week. Sheep will not, they will not lay down unless the conditions are perfect. You see, if a sheep is hungry, they won't lay down. If a sheep is in, in distress, it will not lay down. If it's stressed out, if, it's, if there's tension around the sheep, it will not rest. It will not lay down. A sheep has to have perfect conditions to lay down. If a sheep is afraid, it will not lay down. So it makes me think if the good shepherd leads us to lie down in green pastures, it's because he can make all of those situations perfect. He is the bread of life that can feed us so that we're hungry no more. Amen? He is the good shepherd that knows when we're distressed, when we're in, and there's tension around us, he can take care of that so that we can rest easy in his presence. Amen? And he knows that we will lack nothing if we follow him and he will make us lie down in green pastures. He will make a way for us. He provides. He leads me beside quiet waters. Did you know that sheep will not drink rushing water? Remember, sheep, they get lost easily. They, they wander and they get lost. If a stream is rushing and they go to take a drink, we just talked about it a minute ago. If a sheep dips in there to take a drink and that rushing water takes that sheep downstream, that's not a good thing. Wet cotton balls are not good. Okay, it's not a good thing. A sheep will not drink from rushing water. So if, if the good shepherd knows we need nourishment and we need that, that thirst to be quenched, he's not going to lead us to rushing waters. He will provide the quiet waters. He leads me to quiet waters so that I can get a drink and he refreshes my soul. Aren't you glad the good shepherd doesn't just take care of our physical needs? but he takes care of our soul as well. And maybe you go through and you're listening to a message like this and you're at a place in your life and in your journey, it's like, I don't, I don't need this. this kind of, I, I know this kind of stuff, but maybe your soul needs refreshed this morning. The good shepherd knows what you need. He can provide it for you. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He refreshes my soul. He knows just what we need. The good shepherd, he guides. Say it with me. He guides. He provides. Say that with me. He provides. He guides and he provides. The third thing is this. He corrects. He corrects. Job 5 says, blessed is the one whom God corrects. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. For he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, but his hands also heal. As I was studying this week, the, the, the story, the thought came back again that a shepherd, when a sheep wanders off and gets lost, the shepherd, as we know, he'll leave the flock and go after the one. And as he gets the one, if the sheep continues to wander off, a shepherd will take their rod, which is a weapon, and it will break the sheep leg. Well, why would a shepherd that loves the sheep break their leg and cause injury and cause harm? Well, he breaks their leg, but he doesn't leave them there. He picks up that sheep 
He bandages the leg. He mends the wound, and then he carries the sheep. Well, why would he do that? That seems like more work. Why would he pick up the sheep when the sheep could walk on its own? Well, because the sheep keeps doing the same dumb thing. And as he breaks the leg, he, he binds it up, he carries it. And guess what happens in the moment while this leg is healing? That sheep never leaves the shepherd's side. That sheep realizes that he, that shepherd is going to provide. He's going to guide. He's going to correct. He's going to correct when he's off base. He corrects him. He guides. I, you know, I, I wasn't going to share this, but I think I'm going to because it makes more sense in our present day. Not many sheep, sheep herders in here, right? How many of you have dogs? More people have dogs. Okay. I wonder, I haven't tried this yet, but if you see me walking around with a baby carrier with a dog in it, you know what I've done. Okay. Yesterday, we have this new dog at our house. Not my dog is what I like to say her name is. Um, she jumped the fence five times yesterday and got out. I wanted to break that dog's legs for more than one reason. But it was like God reminded me, BJ, this is what I do to my sheep. You think that their best is out over the fence. You think that you could wander off and go find your joy and your contentment on your own. But sometimes I got to break your legs so that you realize that I'm the one that can provide for you. That I'm the one that can take care of you. So me and not my dog, I hope she got saved because we had a few come to Jesus moments yesterday. I haven't, I haven't broken her leg yet, but it made me think, you know what? This dog needs to know that she's got my attention, that I care about her, that I will provide for her, but I'm also going to correct her. She's going to know that I'm there for her. And that's what the good shepherd does for us. When we wander off, when we get lost, he breaks us, but then he doesn't leave us. He corrects us so that he can spend more time with us, so that he can be close to us, so that we can be depended, dependable on him. Amen? He corrects. Don't you wish that our kids were this way when we corrected them? Don't you wish when they knew they were getting in trouble, they're like, oh, good, I can't wait. Dad's going to punish me good today. Woo! Any parents ever had that happen? No. Oh, good. I can't see my friends for a week because I'm grounded here, Dad. Why don't you take my phone too? Nobody's ever done that. But Scripture tells us, blessed is the one whom God corrects. Do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. The Hebrew writer says this. He says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. The good shepherd guides. The good shepherd provides. The good shepherd corrects. And finally, the good shepherd protects. Psalm 23, verses 4 to 6 say, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. 
Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, that's good news today, folks. The good shepherd protects us. You see these sheep when they're out in the pastures and they're out in the fields, there's flies that will be going around them. Why? Because sheep are filthy. Flies are attracted to filth. I don't know why. It's just weird, but they are. And so these flies will fly around the sheep's face and nose and and it'll fly into their nose. And it becomes a very gross and horrible thing for these sheep. And as the, the flies get in there, there's times where you, you'll hear stories of the, the flies when the sheep go to breathe. The, the flies will go all the way back into the, the brain cavity of the sheep. And then you'll see sheep that will literally go and they will begin to bang their head on rocks to get the flies to quit tormenting them. To the point where a sheep is not smart enough to stop banging its head, that it will literally bang its head till it kills itself. So the shepherd takes the oil and anoints their head, their nose with oil. Why? Because then the flies are repelled by that oil. You see, a good shepherd protects his sheep. A good shepherd gives us just what we need. He anoints our heads with oil. It says that my cup will overflow. I, thought, I always wondered what that meant. You know, my cup will overflow. That means blessing. That means favor. That means, well, that's probably true, but not in this case. The old Palestine uh, culture was if you were over at, at somebody's house and they were hosting you and hospitality was big, they would fill your, your cup with, with drink and most likely wine. And as you were visiting and sharing the evening together, they would continue to refill your cup until you were no longer welcome. You ever been at somebody's house or had somebody over to your house and you're like, man, it's Saturday night, we got church in the morning. Um, even to the point where maybe you'll even go in your bedroom and put on your pajamas and come back out and say, hmm. And you may, I've said this before, especially when I was in youth ministry, you don't have to go home, but you got to get out of my house. You know, some people just don't get it. Well, this text, this context of this, this passage says my cup overflows, and it means that as long as my cup is being filled, I'm welcome. And the good shepherd continues to fill our cup because we're always welcome in his presence. It will never run empty. Your cup will overflow. Why? Because the good shepherd protects us. He refills us. He will continue to want us in his presence. Aren't you thankful that the good shepherd protects his sheep today? The good shepherd is the one that leaves the 99 and goes after the one. And I don't know where you may be today, but I want you just to think back to that time because there's a time when we've all been that one sheep. And maybe even today, the Holy Spirit's been whispering into your heart and mind and saying, you know what? I'm coming after you. You're the one sheep. You're the one that keeps wandering off. You're the one that I have to go and get out of the rocks. You're the one that I've got to anoint with oil. 
You're the filthy one that's filthy in your sin and I can clean you. Maybe God's saying to you today, I am coming after you. I want to close with this story. There was a professor at a prestigious school and he was teaching public communication. And he was trying to prove a point in, in how to speak eloquently so that your, your audience would be uh, engaged in what you were saying. And the professor began to demonstrate this and he began to recite the 23rd Psalm. This was not a Christian university, but the professor began to speak with eloquent words. The beauty of the passage continued to roll off of his tongue as he shared this wonderful psalm. He had all of the right inflections and all of the right cadences, and it was just a beautifully recited psalm. And when he got done, the entire class applauded him for his efforts. Such a beautiful display of communication. And then the professor decided he was going to pick a student to do the same thing. So he picked a student that was sitting in the middle of the class, and he pointed him out, and he called him up, and the student was asked, do you know the 23rd Psalm? And he kind of shook his head. He didn't really say anything. He was very shy. But the student was a Christian. The professor didn't know it at the time, but he called the student up. He said, okay, if you know the 23rd Psalm, go ahead and recite it for us as beautifully and as eloquently as you can so that we are engaged with this psalm. The student began to speak. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Then he began to expound on it. He provides for my needs. He gives me what I want. He makes me lie down and he cares for me. When I'm stressed, when I'm anxious, he calms me. He guides me by peaceful streams so that I can be refreshed and renewed when I need it. He gives me strength. He prepares a table before me. He guides me to the right paths. And when I'm going through the darkest valley, this valley of the shadow of death, when my life seems so dark, he is with me and I will not be afraid. The student got done with the 23rd Psalm and nobody clapped. The classroom was quiet except for the tears and the cries that were coming. The professor got back up and he said, here's the difference, class. I know the 23rd Psalm very well, but the student knows the shepherd. So my question for us today is this. Do you know the good shepherd? Do you hear his voice? Or are you a sheep that continues to wander away. Jesus is our good shepherd. Amen? Jesus wants to guide and provide and correct and protect. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he leave the 99 in the open country 
and go after the lost sheep until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Are you the one sheep today? Is Jesus calling you out today? I'm coming after you because I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Would you stand with me this morning? Father God, as we begin this time of prayer today and as we conclude this time of worship with you today in this moment, I know that you're not done. I know that you're speaking to hearts and you're reminding, you're reminding many that of the truth of your word that says you are the good shepherd. And you've reminded us that you will guide us. You will provide for us. When we need corrected, you will correct us. But you will also protect us because if you're the good shepherd, that means there's bad shepherds that are out to steal, kill, and destroy. But God, your purpose is to give your sheep life to the fullest. So today, God, I pray for those of us that need reminded that you are our good shepherd, would you help us, Lord, as we leave this place today to walk in the truth of your word that reminds us that you will be with us always. God, maybe there's somebody here today that's the one. They've wandered off again. They're not living for self. And in fact, they're pretty filthy in their own sin. And you as the good shepherd are calling their name saying, I am coming after you because I love you, because I want the best for you, because I have a purpose for you. God, if there's one sheep in here today, would you remind them that you love them? That you will continue to pursue them until they make a decision to follow you again. That you will guide them. That you will provide for them. That you'll correct them. But you'll also protect us. And Lord, I pray that you would give us courage when we're that one sheep to get on your shoulders and allow you to take care of us. Thank you for the truth of your word today, God. I pray that as we leave this place today, you would anoint us with your presence. You would guide and direct us. And you would help us to represent you in all that we say and do. We love you today and give you our lives once again. In Jesus' name. And everyone said together, amen and amen. Go in God's peace knowing that he loves you and so do I. Have a great day.